The Beat Church, bringing you messages of inspiration, hope, and freedom. Turn up the volume and get ready for the truth that will set you free. Uh, I'm going to pray, and we're actually doing, we're continuing our November, which is, uh, we're doing, uh, G, we're calling it GX3, but it's gratitude times three. It means that every Sunday we have three people sharing, and we're doing 10-minute messages. If you've ever seen like a TED Talk or anything like that, it's basically like a 10-minute kind of power message on gratitude. So bring in their scriptures that they love on gratitude and sharing from their own heart and their own experience. And so um, this week we have three And I'm about to jump into those. It's going to be a fun introduction because this will be a first time ever in the history of the earth, of the whole earth, and all of human history, this will be the first time that this has ever been introduced. Are you ready? I'm going to have to have somebody do a drum roll. Drum roll. Uh, We are going to have our two people are going to be Mr. and Mrs. Campbell. How cool is that? This is going to be a first ever... Um, which is just amazing, um, and so it'll be our BLC squared because both of their initials are actually BLC. Uh, so how cool is that going to be? Uh, but let's pray. Betty's going to be the one to come up first, and uh, then we're going to uh, dive into this. And everybody gets ten minutes, so it's going to be ten minutes. There'll be a timer set, and they'll see it up here on the board. And then when the ten minutes is over, the alarm will go off on the iPad. And so that just makes sure with three people going that they don't all go ten minutes extra, and we're not here until four o'clock today. Uh, so it's a little bit of a pressure cooker, uh, but it's going to be super exciting and fun. You can just see Betty's facial expression is so peaceful right now. All right, everybody point your hands towards Betty and Brandon. Let's pray for Betty. Let's pray. I know she's got a gift and she's got a, uh, has worked very hard in her life as a mom and as, uh, just a woman serving and loving other people. And I believe God's going to speak through today. Uh, somebody that's been faithful and been grateful and is generous and is a giver of her time, her energy, her person, all through life, no matter what struggle she's going through, she's always looking to give. And today she's going to give us uh, from God's word and give us from gratitude. So Father, I pray for Betty right now and also for Brandon, Lord, as they share today. God, I pray you'd work in and through, Lord, their heart, Father, and all that you've done in their lives and that they would be able to bring a word that encourages us, Lord, builds us up and brings us closer to you brings us into your presence with the spirit of gratitude. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Betty, come on up. Let's give her a hand. And there you go. everything and anything received because it's the respectful thing to do. Um, It's how I was raised. Gratitude was just something you did. Um, But really having gratitude in your heart, I believe, is a greater and harder task. Um, It's easy to be grateful for the things in life 
or a gift received, but how easy is it to be thankful to God for when things in your life have completely turned upside down? The physical art of gratitude may be done, but really and honestly, how is your heart? Is your heart angry at the situation? Are you mad that what you expected from life wasn't the same as the reality, and now you're stuck in pain, bitterness, and regret? That's me. Um, my mom used to read to me from uh, Corey Tin Boom's book called uh, The Hiding Place. Um, Corey and her family harbored Jews from the Nazis during World War II. She was detained and stationed one of the concentration camps in Germany. While in the camp, the barracks were stacked to the brim with no room for anything or anybody. Corey and her sister uh, Betsy would read scripture together and read to the other women in the camps under um, the unknowing eyes of the Nazi soldiers. Uh, there they would pray and say what they were thankful for. Betsy would start with the scripture in 1 Thessalonians 5, 14 through 18. And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good, to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Betsy said, yes, give thanks in everything. So they began giving thanks in the camp. Thank you, Lord, for being assigned in the camp together, because that's not normal. And for the small Bible that they were able to smuggle into the camp with them because they weren't searched. That because they were packed with so many women, the soldiers couldn't hear them when they were reading scripture aloud or preaching the gospel. Um, they also said thanks for the fleas in the camp. Um, though Corey did not want to say thank you to God for the fleas because they were torturous. Um, but they did. They thanked God for the fleas. Those fleas ended up helping save them from the guards entering into the camps because they didn't want to be around the infestation. So God made a way for even the fleas to be a blessing. Now, I know, like, for myself, I, I would not be thankful for the fleas at all. Oh. Um, but God had a plan and purpose. Even Paul and Barnabas, when they were in the jail cell, singing praises to the Lord. Because that's what they did. They didn't stop just because they were in jail. The jail cell and chains weren't going to stop them. I asked myself that question. If I was in jail, would I be praising the Lord? I don't know. Like, I really don't. Maybe not at first, at least. I'd be pissed, though. Um... <laughs> I've been going through some current trials that put me in a very difficult place mentally and emotionally. I am very notorious for setting expectations and for getting bitter and angry when things don't go as they should. I started looking things up. In Proverbs 10, 28, it says, the hope of the righteous brings joy, but the expectations of the wicked will perish. I'm not saying I'm wicked, but the expectations, like, I'm not supposed to have these expectations. Um, 
because I'm very much the expectations girl. So I have to lay down those expectations and just be open to whatever it is that God's doing in my life. Um, it's, it also says to have hope and joy. And that's not something that I normally have. Um, joy has always been a hard thing for me. I have for so many years struggled with outside expression other than crying, which you can see right now. <clears throat> um, everything would just be bottled up. My anger would overwhelm me. But when I didn't know what to do, uh, when I did not know how to do anything with it, I still have to work very hard at the physical expression of joy. Over the years, though, the more I release my emotions to God and to my fellow members, it's easier. The easier it's been to express the joy outwardly because of the freedom that has come from not bottling my emotions in. The, my community of believers has helped me strengthen me on the inside, and I give glory to God for him putting the right people in my life at this point in time. In uh, Romans 5.3, it says, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. Crazy, I don't understand it. Knowing that sufferings produces endurance, and endurance produces character, Character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured in our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given, who has been given to us. <clears throat> so reading that, I'm like, okay, God, the things I'm going through are going to make me stronger and bring hope, that my hope is in God's love for me, his pure, perfect love that has poured out into the hearts through the Holy Spirit, and he is here with me at all times. And that saying, Holy Spirit, I invite you to work on my heart and help me find pure joy and hope. Um, I'm going to skip this part. Uh, sometimes <clears throat> we have seasons of extreme trials and tribulations, and our hearts need to be internally grateful for all that he has done. All that Christ did on the cross dead but we're sitting here today in the house of God with a huge weight on our shoulders because life's hard. But we have been called into deeper waters with God. He is creating warriors for his kingdom. There is a battle at hand every day over our lives, and God is trying to prepare us for the attacks. He never told us that we are above attacks as long as we are still on this earth. There is heaven and hell, angels and demons fighting for our souls, and we will always have trials. But it's what we do with them that's the key. Rejoice in the suffering like Paul. Give praises to God and thanksgiving, loving one another through the trials. We have to stand up and fight for our God. Be grateful like Corey Tim Boom and her sister did for the fleas. Seek the Holy Spirit's help who God gave us because we are not called to handle these battles on our own. And any anger that is in you like me, the Bible says that you need to make right your anger towards anyone before coming to the altar. Matthew 5, 21 through 24 says, You have heard that it was said to those of old, <clears throat> You shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. And whoever says, You fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. So if you're offering your gift to the altar... And there, remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your gift there before the altar and go first 
<clears throat> be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. How can I come to God and ask for anything with anger in my heart? Because trust me lately, that's all I felt. Anger and pain has been overwhelming, but I know that I have to let it all go so I can enter into his presence. So I urge you to let go of the past, let go of the present people that have harmed you, maybe still are, and seek God fully. Give thanks and praise him for where you are at, whatever circumstance you're in, good, bad, and ugly. I'm telling you this not out of anything, but out of my own experience of how life has been presented to me lately. My gratitude is not out of anything, but my reverence for God and all he has done for me and everything he has brought me out of. And I know that he isn't going to just drop me now. His grace is sufficient to me and everyone. I almost forgot to talk about, oh, I wrote this, I don't know why I wrote this down. I almost forgot to talk about his grace, which is just as important as anything else I'm going through. God has given me grace that is beyond any, any deserving. But it's through his son's sacrifice that we even have that grace. So thank you, Lord, uh, for your grace that is given to me undeservingly, but because you love us so much. I pray that God speaks to you today in your brokenness and pain, and you're able to find joy and hope and gratitude for the exact place you're at, and that you seek the love of your community for encouragement and prayer. If it wasn't for God working through the beat church, I wouldn't be where I am in my walk. So thank you, Pastor Andy and Carrie, Kyle and Jenna, Madison, April, Matt, for inviting us in the first place. And for my family who has not given up, no matter the trials that have come our way. Praise God for all he has done and doing. Amen. All right. We have... Great job, Betty. Timed it. Timed it. Awesome. Uh, so, this take... Okay, Brandon's going to come up next. But take this to heart because sometimes we go through situations. Like, sometimes it's easy to be grateful. And some of you might be in a really good season where it's like, man, it's all just peaches and cream and beautiful. And my, my flight has no turbulence. And you're grateful. But there's times in life where it's not that way. And so put these things in your, if that's you, put them in your, put them in your pack and for later, like, man, if it gets rough, because it goes like that, like, I'm going to be able to pull from that and just have gratitude in the midst of situations. And I think, great point on bitterness and on anger, because it's hard to be grateful and angry at the same time, and to be bitter and also walk in God's gratefulness. So letting go of things allows us to move forward. So very powerful. Brandon, come on up. And let's give Brandon a hand. Here we go. You know, I, uh, thank you. Yeah, that's my wife, right? I can say that now. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I got wrecked by the fact that I'm even up here this week, you know? Uh, they say through thick and thin, right? Marriage, we've been married two weeks. One of those weeks was thick week, right? Um, I, uh, you know, I'm a pretty logical person, so I had to start with, like, what's the definition of gratitude? Right, and I found in Latin it means welcome and pleasing, and um, you know that kind of like where I was at this week, I was like, well, there's nothing welcoming, there's nothing pleasing, right? 
And so I, I kept looking, I kept looking, and uh, I got to the, the first three letters of gratitude, G-R-A. So I looked, and I was keep looking, I keep looking. There's like 561 words. Well, you know what the last word out of all those, it started with 15-letter words, 14-letter words, 13-letter words, all the way down, and the last word was grace. And I thought at that moment, I'm like, how could a word so powerful be the last letter, the last word out of 561 words that I looked for? And it, it, it blew my mind, right? Because my gratitude is because of God's grace. The gratitude that I have a breath, we sang earlier today, it's in your breath it's your breath in our lungs, right? Genesis 2-7, I don't have that one up because this was just something that came about while I was, uh, you know, um, about to come up here. But Genesis 2-7, it says, uh, the Lord formed man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being, right? That's what grace has done for me in my life. I've made a lot of mistakes, you know? I made a, a mistake, you know, this past week where I, I had to find a place where gratitude was. And when I say I was wrecked, you know, um, you know what a firecracker is, a black cat, right? I, uh, have you ever lit a run of firecrackers, right? Well, when you understand what grace is, it's a firecracker. That's what it does. It explodes inside your soul, right? It's an explosion of God and Holy Spirit, and that happened. That happened while I was driving this week, and, uh, you know, I was driving, and I was like, I, I'm, I'm, Andy asked me to get up here, and I'm in this place, and I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing, and like Betty, I was angry, and I was hurt, and, um, you know, the word spoken while I was driving is, my grace is sufficient, and I lost it. I lost it. My grace is sufficient, and I was just like, wow, okay, God, all right. So, uh, you know, God's grace is for the lost and the found, for the ones coming to church all their life, for the ones that show up time to time, for the ones in recovery, for the ones grieving. God's grace covers all of us, those who believe a little, a lot or none at all, because God isn't a respecter of people. You know, he created each one of us with a purpose to serve his glory. Um, you know, I'm going to read Ephesians 2, uh, 4 through 10, because and it's from the Amplified Version. I, I read it, and I was just like, I was psyched out, because it, it was just such a great verse. Um, here we go. Let's see if this. Awesome. But God, so very rich in his mercy, rich in his mercy, rich in his mercy, because of his great and wonderful love, which he has loved us, even when we were spiritually dead and separated him from him because of our sins. He made us spiritually alive with Christ, for by his grace, his undeserved Favor and mercy, you have been saved from God's judgment. And he raised us up together 
with him when we believed and seated us with him in heavenly places. He raised us up and seated us, each one of us, no matter what we did, you know? And he did this so that in the ages to come, he might clearly show the immeasurable and unsurpassed riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus by providing for our redemption. For it is by grace, God's remarkable compassion and favor drawing to you that you have been saved. And this salvation is not of yourself, but not through your own effort, but it is undeserved gracious gift of God. Not, a result, not as a result of your works, nor your attempts to keep the law so that no one will be able to boast or take credit for it in any way for his salvation. For we are his workmanship, his own masterwork, a work of art. Y'all are a work of art, we're canvases. Each moment of our life is a canvas and God is sitting there being the painter here. Forgiveness here, grace here, blessing here. That was hard, that's hard, you know? But I'm so thankful for it because without that, right, where would I be? In Jesus Christ, in Jesus Christ, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used for good works which God prepared for us beforehand, before taking past which he set so we could walk in them living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us. God's grace is unmerited, undeserved, and unearned favor of God. Um, in the, ba the Baker Encyclopedia of the Bible defines grace as the, the divine activity that God, that enables God to confront human indifference and rebellion with an inexhaustible capacity to forgive and to bless. Inexhaustible. Like, you can't get an, he's gonna do it. He's gonna do it whether or not you decide, right? Whether or not you choose. His grace is sufficient. You know, um, my moment of vulnerability, right? Uh, I had to ask for forgiveness for some people in my life this week. And uh, I was finding trouble in the middle of, you know, like the whole gratitude and condemnation and of myself. And, um, you know, Lucas talked about in his uh, sermon last week about repenting, you know, turning away. And, you know, that's, that's something that I had to go to God with this week. And, you know, that's when God was like, my grace is sufficient, and I was like, thank you, God. Thank you for this. Thank you for your grace. Um, because that, that brought peace, knowing like that God is there to do immeasurably more than I could ever think. And not just for me, but for each one of us. He sent his son, to die on a cross for us, for the wicked, to cover all of our iniquities, our transgressions, all the crazy thoughts that we have that we never even talk about, you know, that are not of, that <laughs> shouldn't be spoken. Um, Second Corinthians 2, 
4, 15 and 16. All of this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Like that's where we're here, right? We're on GX3 celebrating, right? We're giving, we're having friends giving, giving thanksgiving, right? But his grace talks about like, like let Brandon come up here and tell not his testimony, but not his message, but like how his grace has gone in, you know, to brokenness and is able to talk to people about it and share like, hey, this is why I'm thankful. This is why it's for God's glory. This is, this is, this is the thanksgiving that each one of us has a message and a story to tell one another. You know, verse 16 says, therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly, we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. You know, the word our Bible talks about, like, our mercies are renewed day by day. And, you know, I stand up here with gratitude because the God that I serve, that knew me while I was in my mother's womb, he called me his masterpiece, knowing that I would have many mistakes, many mess-ups in life. But he gave me friends. He gave me a community he gave me y'all. He gave me the opportunity to be able to be vulnerable. He gave me the opportunity to sit down and, you know, talk about things with my wife, you know, to express things. And it's because his, that understanding that I have of, you know, just having to walk in this gratitude and with his grace, all-knowing, all-sufficient, the great I am, it's, it's something that words can't even put into definition sometimes. So my gratitude is just for God and the grace that he has for all of us. Thank you. Amen. It's good work, man. Uh, the, uh, I'm trying to listen to you, but I also keep hearing you say wife, and I'm trying to get used to that. So, so am I. I never heard You're you say that before, so that's pretty amazing. Uh, so good word. So, you know, we all need, who needs grace sometimes in your life to be grateful for? It's easy to forget. It's easy to forget, right? And that's, yet that's the foundation of all of it, of, of our gratitude and thankfulness. So let's give Brandon a hand. That was a great word, I thought. Uh, just sharing, this is the idea. We're sharing. Okay, we're getting vulnerable. We're sharing. We're talking about what God's doing. I have just a couple of verses to share, and then we're going to close up. But this is one of the biggest struggles. This is one, I'm only having one point here. And this is a tip um, out of 1 Kings 13, 3 through 8. Have you ever struggled to have gratitude? Like you know you're supposed to, but you struggle. Anybody ever in that boat? You're like, I'm supposed to, but I, really what I feel is just anger, right? Or I, really what I feel is stress or frustration or annoyance or any of the other things except for gratitude. Okay, so here's one story. And this is a, a great man of God that just overcame all of the prophets of Baal and all these huge uh, problems that were going on. And he fights against them all uh, and through prayer. And God comes down and delivers and all these things in the backstory that I'm not going to get into. Uh, other than to say is a huge victory and lands us in 1 Kings 13, 3 through 8. Right after the victory, it says Elijah was afraid and he ran for his life. He just won. 
Like he just had a huge victory. Everything was going his way. Have you ever had the best victory in your life? Everything's going amazing. And you're like, this is awesome. And then literally maybe an hour later or the next day, you're like, my life sucks. Anybody? Like you thought you were on just cloud nine. Like I finally have it figured out. The rest of my life is going to be perfect. And then like the next day, you're like, why am I even here? Right? You either you could be that you need medication, but let's just say for now that this is just the, something else at work, okay? So first things, this is Elijah, biggest victory ever, and then boom, he's afraid. He runs for his life. It says, when he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there. And while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, then he came to a broom bush, and he sat down under it, and he prayed that he might die. Anybody ever pray that? You're like, there's all these things to pray for, a prayer of faith, a prayer of agreement, a prayer of thanksgiving, a prayer of joy. This is a prayer of, may I die? Lord, I just come before your presence. Please let me die. Anybody ever felt like that before? I mean, sometimes that's how it is. That's the best prayer you can get out. Lord, there's a lot I want to express, but can I just start with, can I just die? Lord, I have all of these needs all these relational issues going on, all these financial burdens, all these different things going on, but it would be much simpler if I just died. We didn't have to even worry about all those. Just give me my first wish. So this is him. He prays that he might die. And he says, I have had enough, Lord. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and falls asleep. The worst thing that happened was that he woke up because he didn't want to wake up. He, like, he thought, I'm going to close my eyes, go to sleep, and it's over. But he woke up. Going on, it says, all at once an angel touched him, and he said, get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals in a jar of water. He ate, and he drank, and then he lay down again. Right? Fine, I'll eat, but so I'm laying down to die. I'm done. Thank you for the food, my last meal. But I'm done. He lays down. Then the angel of the Lord came back a second time. And touched him, and he said, get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up, and he ate, and he drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. So he wants to just die after this victory. And the angel has to keep coming and prodding him and saying, come on, let's get up. Let's get up, eat, drink. And he finally gets up, and he moves on, and he goes to the mountain of the Lord. He comes back into the Lord's presence. He comes back to the place that the Lord had planned for him. What was it that he needed? He should have been celebrating and in gratitude because things went well. Ultimately, what he needed, and this is where we miss it sometimes as believers, is that we think if somebody's gone through great victories or things are good in their life and for some reason they can't be thankful, we think they need all kinds of stuff. They need deliverance and they need uh, just repentance and they need, like, I mean, there's a thousand things they need. Do you know what Elijah needed? He needed sleep and he needed food. He just needed rest. Very practical. You just need to rest. And so sometimes when we feel like I should be grateful, but for some reason I'm just vibrating with like frustration, anxiety, or stress, you really don't need a super deliverance. You really don't need even necessarily uh, the substance that you want to abuse or the thing that you want to do in order to try to relax yourself. You really don't necessarily even need the medication sometimes. You don't need, like, a whole entire prayer chain. All these, sometimes some of these things are good. You actually just need rest and to eat and to take care of yourself. The Bible talks about it in another passage. It says that the Lord gives rest to those he loves. 
Right? It says, in vain you rise up early and go to bed late, eating the bread of anxious toil. For God gives rest to those that he loves. So I just want to encourage you, if you're struggling, and we're getting into a busier and busier season of the holidays, right? If you're struggling with gratitude, if you're struggling with feeling grateful, and you're more of being overwhelmed by stress or anxiety, discouragement, and stuff like that, it might just be that you need to try a little less hard and just rest a little more in the goodness and in the grace of God. Stop trying to be a better Christian. Stop trying to be a better spouse. Stop trying to be a better husband and wife, a better father, a better mother, a better child. Stop trying to be a little bit better worker, trying to make a little bit more money, be a better provider. Sometimes we want to give effort, but there's a point where it's diminishing returns, right? Where it's like, you know what? What I really need to do is just stop and just rest, have some food, sit down and relax, and just let God minister to me, which is what the angels came and did. Let God just minister to me and bring me back to a place where I can actually have some joy and actually have some refreshment. I found a gigantic pink flamingo on the river. When did we go? Was that Friday? Friday. We're all fishing, very serious fishermen. And I'm walking up the river looking for a place to fish, and I turn the corner, and I leave the guys. They're out of sight. And I look, and there in the bushes is a giant pink something, giant. And I go over, and I start pulling the bushes out, pulling them away, and it's covered in mold, and there's spiders running all over it. I don't like spiders, but I was more captivated by this gigantic pink weird thing in the water. And I pull it all out, and it's this gigantic flamingo. And it's deflated, and it doesn't float anymore, and it's filthy. And for some reason, I'm just like enamored with this thing. And I'm like, we will come back to life. And I dusted the spiders off. I pulled out the plug, and it's covered in mold. I wiped off a little bit of the mold, and I blew this thing back up, and it was huge. It was like huge. And then I got a vision of riding it. And it's like 7 in the morning out on the river in the middle of freezing cold. It's terrible. And I climbed upon it. And I literally pushed out from the water. And I floated back down the river around the corner back to the guys. on the Pimingo. It was so beautiful. It was so beautiful. And Kyle, Texas phrase, bless his heart had this wonderful time-lapse photography thing of the sunrise at Marble Falls going. And at the end of his time-lapse, I come riding through on a pink flamingo. <laughs> it was awesome. Oh, but that pink flamingo, all that it needed was a little bit of life put back in it, and it could come back to its glory. It's possible that there's nothing really that wrong with you that you just need to let God put a little bit of life back in because you've gotten deflated and worn out and you just need to allow God to grab you out of the bushes and blow some life back in and get filled back up because guess what? It's all still there. You just got worn out. Okay, so I pray that this morning God blows some air back into you, put some life back into you, let some people do the same for you and together, we can ride back down the river of life and have a great season of gratitude this month because, man, we got a whole month and a half left of holiday joy. We're going to be able to share with others. Just bow our heads. Father, I thank you for everybody that's here. Lord, thank you for your joy, God, that comes in spite of circumstances, not just because of them. Lord, we pray that you'd fill us up, encourage us, remind us of your grace. Lord, let your, your word of faith, God, your word of encouragement blow up in our hearts like fireworks, like Brandon said. Lord, and rescue us, Lord, from being deflated by life and by circumstances and sometimes just by exhaustion. 
Lord, I pray that in every person here, Lord, as they go out today, Lord, let them be filled up. Lord, let them be encouraged. And as we go out, Lord, let us become encouragers and those that remind others of what there is to be thankful for this month. In Jesus' name, amen. Take the next step and visit www.thebeatchurch.com and get connected with a community committed to applying these truths in their everyday lives. You can also give now to support our messages by visiting www.thebeatchurch.com give.